you know how when you read an email from a friend, well, if anyone emails anymore, I don't know, yeah. or a WhatsApp, you can you can hear them in your head, and that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal. I right. think that is that your brand voice should be so distinctive, yeah. so you that even if someone was reading a plain text piece of copy without your logo, without your colours, without your imagery, they would know that it was yeah, your that brand. It was you. Hey there, thank you so much for pressing play on this very first episode of Content Marketing Commute. I am pumped to have you here. First of all, what is this all about? Doesn't the world have enough podcasts about content marketing? Well, probably, but let me tell you a little about this one. It's a B2B content marketing podcast with a twist. Instead of the classic sit-down interview format, which we've all seen and, and we're probably getting a little sick of. This one has a twist. I join an expert content marketer on their commute to work. It's like Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, except we're exclusively talking about B2B content. And while I strive to be as funny as Jerry Seinfeld and leading comedians, it may not be that funny. Quick disclaimer on that. On this first episode, I'm joined by Sharon Hyman. She is a content strategist and content lead at Forster in London. I was there in London with her and we had an awesome walk together along the Thames. That's coming very soon, but quickly on Forster. Forster has what's called a human experience platform, an award-winning comprehensive experience and research technology platform that breaks down the silos between customer experience, employee experience, and market research. A little bit more about that coming up with Sharon. It's going to be brilliant. It was a fantastic conversation and a great one to kick off this podcast with. Just a little bit of housekeeping. Please do subscribe and please do leave us a rating. It's going to help me so much. I work full-time. This is not my full-time gig. But your encouragement by subscribing and by leaving a review will power me forward, will give me the energy to continue this podcast, I hope, a long time into the future. And we have a website. It's contentmarketingcommute.com. You can go there for the videos of all of these episodes, as well as blog articles, and you can register for our newsletter. I promise you'll only receive one email a week, and it'll be packed with awesome tips and other such information from our expert guests. So head over there, contentmarketingcommute.com. But otherwise, let's get into it. Here's Sharon. I'm here with Sharon Hyman. How are you, Sharon? Very good. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's fantastic to be here with you. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. Obviously, the idea of uh, the podcast here is that we are joining you on your commute, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, but you're already at work. Yes. Yeah, you've already arrived at work, and we thought it's it's just great because you work in such an amazing area, close to Barbican, is that right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, no, there's Tate Modern. Tate Modern. Black. Also sorry, known as what Southwark. am I saying? Barbican. Yeah, yeah. Black Friars. That's the other side of the river. That's the other side of the river, and we're walking here along the Thames. Yeah. And it's see. just absolutely stunning. Beautiful day here in London. 
You know what I love, Sharon, is like there's little beaches there on the Thames. Do you yes. ever go to the beach? <laughs> no. No? There are uh, lots of people who do like to go. They're called mudlarkers. Mudlarkers. Yes, that's what they call the people that oh, like wow. to go and scour those. You only see them at low tide. Yeah. And there's all sorts of treasures, apparently. There's treasures. You can dig up. Yeah. We'll like with, do they go with like metal detectors and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. You see okay. them. Oh, yeah, wow. Mudlarking. Oh, wow. Quite a wonderfully eccentric London <laughs> hobby. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Hey, so Sharon, tell us a bit about your job at Forster, your content marketing lead at Forster. Yep. Tell us about what you do there and the company. Yep, so Forster is a B2B tech SaaS company. We specialize in the human experience platform, which is the world's only human experience platform where we wow. help companies really understand their audience, their customers, you know, what drives them, what motivates them, their behaviors, their thoughts, their feelings. Mm. Some cutting edge technology, you know, things like, you know, emotion engines, sentiment analysis, you know, we really help companies understand wow. who that they're talking to. Okay. And so who's your kind of like, because I'm a content marketer too, I, yep. I think personas immediately, yep. right? So who's buying your soft software? Right. So, you know, we have across the whole sort of business world really we're looking yeah. at obviously CXOs chief experience officers we're right. also looking at ops leaders we sell to some marketing leads you know it's the idea is that anyone who has an interest in their customer yeah. and in their audience and of course the other side of the coin is the market research world so a lot of our customers are our clients are market research agencies that are right. using our technology to really delve deep into their audiences and deliver the research projects to their clients right okay cool so you got that kind of like in customer and kind of like a middleman type customer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool okay well Sharon we're going to talk today about tone of voice a little yes. bit and I'm excited to talk to you about that because it's something as a content marketer that has to be such a living thing right absolutely and then I think we're going to talk a little bit about relationship building yep as a content marketer yep and that's you know on our briefing call you were just on fire talking about that. I thought <laughs> yes, it was so my, good. It's one of my passion projects. So good. And then at the end, people have to listen to the end because at the end, I think you're going to have some copywriting tips for non-writers. Sure. Yeah, sure. And I'm excited for that. Yeah. But let's start with the tone of voice piece, okay? So, and it's just such a beautiful day. Look at that sun on our face. I know, it's beautiful. Wow. London. So, tone of voice. First of all, how would you even describe it? Like, how would you even define it, I guess? Right, so your tone of voice is really, when you're writing, it's how do you sound? Yeah. You know, in a, in a company context, it's sort of the, the choice of, like, how do you want to sound to your audience? Yeah. You know, are you expert? Are you yeah. irreverent? Are you authentic? Yeah. Are you, you know, warm? These sorts of things, like some companies really, like, think about in the legal sector, right? They need to sound absolutely authoritative. Yeah. Whereas... Be, you know, retailers can maybe get away with a bit more of irreverence. I'm thinking the classic example is innocent yeah, um, or sure. surreal. So it's really about how you speak to how your you audience. speak. And like the first thing I think when I talk about when we talk about tone of voice is like it feels very subjective. Like there you talk about irreverent or authoritative, yeah. right? But that could mean one thing to me and another thing to you. Yeah. So of course you. I mean, yes and no, right? There are certain parameters that everyone knows what yeah. it sounds like when you're being an expert you know, when you're being funny. And of course that ties a little bit, you have to be aware of your audience and what they're gonna find, right? Because you know, that's also the part, the other half of it. It's not just how you speak, it's how your audience is gonna hear it. Right, um, totally. But there is definitely like, there are definitely North Stars that everyone can sort of agree on. And actually what you just said, it reminds me of something I heard someone say. It may be a famous quote from someone, I don't know. But it says something like, in communication, 
it's not what you say that matters, it's what they hear. Because so much as a marketer or as a content person, we're focused on what we're saying, right? Yeah. But sometimes maybe we have to be more focused on what they might be hearing. And, and that speaks to getting feedback from them and understanding them better, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So can you talk me through, like, how do you go about deciding your brand's tone of voice? Right. So we, I have to admit, at Forster, we actually outsource this to some degree. Yeah. We worked with an amazing, amazing agency called The Writer, who built our brand voice for yeah. us and our brand and our guidelines so I say that right up there are experts in this I always think it's important to include experts when you're working on something that's so important to totally. your brand you know it's a corporate part of your brand so I encourage that um, we could not have done it at Forster without the writer so just, yeah. a little, uh, just a little shout out to them good good on them yeah um, so you know you have to look at what you think your audience would like to hear and how they're going to understand and speak their language of yeah. course but also be a little bit bold right like mm. you want to be distinctive it's a key differentiator i personally think in terms of a company is the brand voice as well as the brand in general people think about logos and colors but writing especially as we move into a world where content is so important you know brand also plays out throughout your copy and your text mm. it's almost like yeah people think immediately of logos and colors and stuff but for me, the tone of voice is almost how you bring the brand to life Absolutely. in so many ways, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know how when you read an email from a friend, well, if anyone emails anymore, I don't know, yeah. or a WhatsApp, you can, you can hear them in your head. Yeah. And that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal, I right. think, is that your brand voice should be so distinctive yeah. and so you that even if someone was reading a plain text piece of copy without your logo, without your colors, without your imagery, they would know that it was yeah, your that brand. Yeah, it was you. Wow. Okay, so where are we walking through now, Sharon? We're this walking is... through the clink. Oh, the clink. next to the clink, which is the very famous original prison. Ah, yes. And Shall we just spin around? And... In effect, here it is. Yeah, now it's been a bit gentrified. You've got some fancy restaurants. Yeah. I don't Flat think anyone's iron. jailed now. Oh. There's a museum. Okay. You see the blue plaque there is yeah. interesting. The blue plaque. The clink, most notorious medieval prison. Thank you for bringing us here, Sharon. <laughs> I wish I could tell you who the famous prisoners were, but my London history is not that great. So okay. That was the one part of school I didn't pay much attention to. No, that's all good. <laughs> okay, so tone of voice. Also want to explore, we mentioned before that it's a quite a living thing, right? Yeah. So maybe you get, you know, you talked about working with an external agency and perhaps getting like a jazzy presentation and they, yeah. t they tell you this is your brand voice. But I imagine over time, Sticking to that is a challenge, or yeah. bring like I don't know if sticking to it is the right word, or just making Ooh, it a reality. Oh my gosh, we're, <laughs> there's a reversing truck. That's what this podcast is all about. Yep. It's content in the wild. So yeah, down that way. So what do you think about that? Once you get that glitzy thing, what do you do with it from there, yeah. and how do you keep it reality? So I think the cool part here is that. If you've done the, if you've done it right to begin with, it feels easy, you know, and you get the buy-in that you need from everyone across the organisation, not just marketing. It feels if it feels authentic, then people are going to want to do it. it. Feels like that they sh that it's easy for them. Yeah. So there's that. I would say that within marketing, obviously, you know, you do have to run some education, especially if your brand voice is changing or is a new part of a rebrand or something like that so workshops you know a bit of guidance I always think about this that you need like these three things you need guardrails and you need inspiration yeah and you also need encouragement so things like you have to encourage everyone 
to join in and to do and to own it yeah. and to share their opinions, right? Like we all know, copy is a living thing. It's mm. not. There is no a hundred percent right answer. It's very yeah. subjective. You can, one person can like to say it in a certain way and the other person thinks it's better in another so totally. there is that like encouragement where you should ask people what they think about mm -hmm. what the brand voice should be and how they interpret it because that's empowering and it gets people involved um, yeah. I also think then you need the inspiration right you need examples people mm. love examples and it's very you can't really ask people to do something without giving them an idea of how that might look right so be very generous with examples, show them how it works in different contexts. You know, for yeah. a salesperson, you might show them some sales email copy. Mm -hmm. For the product team, they're going to need something slightly different, but you yeah. can show them how a UX, like sort of what I call micro copy, yeah. might look like in the UX in nice. terms of the brand voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're getting into our other topic around relationships and I, oh, yeah. and I love it. It's going to be so good. <laughs> but it kind of speaks to the idea that, you know, as marketers, we kind of think it all makes sense to us, right? Oh, we could go through Borough Market. Oh, actually. let's go through Borough Market. Yeah, yeah. It all makes sense to us when we yeah. talk about tone of voice. And yeah. it's almost like that's a that's a kind of jargon word in a lot of yeah. ways. And yeah. you say that to a product person, you say, this yeah. is our tone of voice. And they're going to be like, what? what? And you're like, <laughs> so, oh, okay, so tone of voice means that when you talk about, you know, go here or click there or, you know, do this, it's not just like, you know, run analysis. It's, yeah. you know, show me the data. Exactly. You know, show me the insights you know, things like that I'm not yeah. a microcopy expert I have okay. a friend who is so if you're interested I can yeah. introduce you nice. to her um, she specialises in UX micro in UX writing and yeah. stuff uh, here we are in Borough Market <laughs> it's so cute look at this all the it's beautiful delicious, things delicious food for lunches. delicious things yeah you can walk down here for lunch yeah. wow amazing yeah more broadly as a content marketer how important is it to build those relationships we've got a bit of noise overhead it's the railway right ahead. It's the rail, there's a railway right above us. Hey, thanks so much for sticking with us to this point in content marketing commute. By now, you might have noticed we've almost been run over by a reversing van slash truck, uh, Sharon and I, and then we, yeah, we walked under a railway, basically. So that's what this podcast is all about. We're in the wild. We're in the big city. And we're talking content marketing. We got more coming up like this. And there are many, many editing techniques. You know, you can, this, yeah. you don't need me to list them. There are many ways to go about an edit. But I find the most beneficial, certainly in a B2B context, is what the Creative uh, Copywriting Academy, led by Conrad Sanders, who I'm sure okay. you've seen on LinkedIn, uh -huh. always says is the big chop. Like, don't chop. use four words when two will do. Oh, yeah. Don't use ten when five will do. Yeah. So do keep listening, but want to remind you, if you want to see the sights as well as hear the sounds of this conversation that I had with Sharon, head over to contentmarketingcommute.com and find this episode. Have a watch. Enjoy. I think we, we forget that content marketers, you know, we, we can only do our job if other people in the, in the, in the business support us. I yeah. mean, the, the classic example I always go to is the relationship between content marketing and design, you know, the creative team. So, you know, I can only write so much and I can only create so much content, but at the end of the day, I need the creatives to build it for me. And 
to yeah. deliver it in a format that's going to work for the channel that I've decided I want to use it on. And that's got to fit really nicely with what you're trying to achieve and, yep. and yep. you've got to work together on that. Yep. And there is, there is, you know, there, there, I like to build a, I like to have a consultative relationship with yeah. a creative team. You know, I need them to tell me what they think the treatment that's best suited for that particular piece, right. you know, the layout, the format, the colors, the shapes, you know, it's not just about words on a page. There's a lot yeah. of thinking behind the, the actual format. So that's, that's what I rely on them to do for me, is to, to help me understand that. Truck. <laughs> Let's go back to the river. I think it was no, that's great. But this is, this is what it's all about as well. We're in the hustle and bustle, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like this at Forster, and in a lot of B2B, you know, we're talking B2B content, which is often about education and expertise in a lot yeah. of ways. And you got those, I guess what they call SMEs, like subject matter experts yeah. in the business. How do you see yourself working with them? Because I often feel like, in my role at least anyway, I've got to get stuff out of their heads yeah. to make really great content. Yeah. So I think, the, obviously the, the big thing is you have to make it as easy for them as possible, right? They're not going to, unfortunately, their priority is not your content or the marketing team's right. activities is their own. They have their own initiatives, their own accountability, their own yeah. responsibilities. Probably with customers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, that, so you have to make it easy for them as possible. So, you know, things like setting up a really clear process, like yeah. making it really clear to them what the ask is. You know, yeah. I know, I need 28 minutes of your time with a freelance writer on a call. Mm. We're going to discuss X, Y, and Z. If you want, please prepare some bullet points for ahead of time so that our writer can yeah. build out some questions. You know, there's a lot of thinking about the, I think about the prep nice. a lot. How do you set them up for success with the yeah. limited time that you have available? So that's a core part of it. The other is also being appreciative. I think we sometimes forget that, you know, we deliver things, they go mm. out into the wild and we're very keen to look at the performance and we share it maybe internally within the marketing yeah. team ourselves but we don't really we don't always share that with the people that have contributed externally and actually that brings me on to something else when you work with external agencies for example we do quite a lot of work with freelance with the vendors in terms of agencies video production and whatnot you know yeah. it's so important i think to then share back with them the yeah. results of the work that they helped you do that's really cool which i don't think i don't know if a lot of people do that but yeah because a lot of times point. you kind of you kind of use them yeah. and then you're like yeah. oh we got it done and yeah. move on to the next thing yeah whereas I always try and go back you know I don't know a week later a month later whenever I have something to share in terms of the results or the impact or the effect or even just the feedback you know that the business really liked this you take it back to them and it's and it's again that's part of the relationship yeah. building, you know to make people feel that they the work that they've done for you or with you is valued yeah and really cool you know it's a, we all like to be told you know that we're appreciated totally agree I saw this thing recently where someone did a LinkedIn post I'm on LinkedIn like all day and I just <laughs> scroll and see things and someone did a thing about kind of a junior content marketer that they work with who said to them threw them under the bus a little bit mm. didn't name names so it's okay yeah um, saying like I just can't wait for the day when I can write this article myself right. and it's just like switching that yeah. on its head a bit because that's not that's never the goal <laughs> no, right? Why would you? It's no. far too much. Yeah. You, you can't be an expert in everything. Yeah, and it's not even, you, like, yep. I think a great content marketer is not an expert necessarily in what they're trying to sell, right? They're, right. they're an expert in packaging it yep. or being able to communicate it yep. and being able to get in front of the right people and drive action in yep. a lot of ways. So yep. that's really cool. Is there any other 
parts of the business that you think about kind of building relationships with? You mentioned the product team. Yeah. Is there, is yeah. there others? So, yeah, so I think, you know, I think of the core stakeholders for a content marketer are yeah. obviously your marketing team. And within that, you've got your different areas of expertise, you know, demand gen, social, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It depends on how your company is set up, of course, yeah. and how your marketing team is, is, is structured. Then there's obviously the design team, and then there's your external agencies, and then your product team who I think are, you know, really important. Depends where in the funnel you're working. Yeah, you know, sure. If you're working at the top of the funnel, maybe product doesn't have so much input or doesn't need to give you so much input. Yeah. But if you're working further down the funnel with the sales enablement type content, yeah. you know, you need product right there, front and center, making sure. sure that what you're talking about and how you're talking about it also matches how they're building it, how they develop it, what they're, you know, totally. the roadmap, etc. So how that's are you, really like, important. are you across that full funnel at, at Forster? So to some degree, yes. Yeah. We have, we do have specialist product marketers. They're a whole other field, they're different. Yeah. So they they own most of that. Of that bottom funnel them. stuff. Yeah, I work with yeah. the with that in terms of the again back to the brand voice, owner voice. You know, I, that's really where I step in and support them on that, making sure that the voice is the same across the whole of the funnel. You've got your executives. You need your leadership team. By right? every company now is a is a content company, so it's really important that your leadership knows what you're up to, you're doing it, why you're doing it. Um, you know, in the end goals. Totally. Would you say they're sort of? I mean, you don't have to say yes or no, but would you say you have kind of executives who are pretty bored in on the value of content and doing their own content? Of course, yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Cool. You know, but that also comes because our CMO. Yeah. He's really bought in. You know, Noel Hamill is our is our is a is, is a great leader, and he's really keen that you know content leads the way, right? It's because yeah. again, it's your face into it's your face into the market. In so many ways, it so helps having people a little bit higher up who kind of buy into it as well. And yeah. you need the sponsorship. I, oh yeah, and just even that sense, I think what a lot of times can get people on board is that sense of only maybe 10% or 5% of our ICP is in the market to buy right yeah. now. Yeah. So content is the best way to keep keep them interested, keep them seeing our name, yep. keep them yep. educated on our view or yep. our point of view. Yeah, so. I agree. I mean, I can tell you right now, there are some companies, you know, agencies that I'm following on LinkedIn that, you know, I'm not, I don't have the budget or the current sort of scope to work with them in yeah. terms of what our initiatives yeah. are. But I, for sure, once I know I need to yeah. do an X kind of project or run a pilot of some description, they're the first ones I'm going to go to. Totally. Only because of what I've seen them publishing on LinkedIn and the content they've been sharing and the fact that I trust their expertise. Yeah, I'm a classic HubSpot guy. <laughs> HubSpot did that to me so hard in like 2008. Well, they built and, the category. Oh, yeah. I think they built inbound content marketing yeah, category. Man. And I was trying to, young kind of marketer, trying to figure out what I was doing and I just, I just read everything yep. I could from them. <laughs> and then I was like, we should buy HubSpot one day. So yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so crucial. So we kind of discussed that whole relationship piece and the tone of voice, right? Yeah. Maybe we can finish off by talking about your copywriting tips, Shane. Oh, sure. Because I think that's really cool and it's really practical. Yeah. And it kind of speaks as well to the fact that content isn't always done by you. Yeah. But it sometimes needs to be delivered by people who are not in your team or in the yep. wider business, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... And writing for the non-writers. Yeah, writing for the non-writers. And some yeah. people really hate writing. They do, they do. So what do you say to them? So I think, first of all, relax. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's subjective. There is right. no 100% right and 100% wrong. Yeah. So, and also, you also have to be authentic, right? You want to hear mm. your own voice come through as well as the brand voice. 
So I think the first thing I tell people is <laughs> relax. Yeah. Second is just write anything. You know, the blank page is 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 the terrifying prospect. Yeah. I think that scares a lot of people, but you know, don't be. Just get anything down, anything. Mm. And in fact, this is where AI can be really useful. I always think that. Right. You know, for me, the, the idea with this emerging technology is that well, there will never be a blank page again. Yeah. All right. Whatever it gives you may not be great, mm. but it's not a blank page. Sure. So if you have to, feel free to, you know, I recommend by all means use ChatGPT yeah. to start you off. Um, right. Also, think about who you're writing to. If you can imagine that like that one particular person, it's always easier to write if you know exactly to whom you're writing. Yeah. So nice. That's a cool part of it. Yeah. Um, so is that just a case of just in your mind thinking? Okay, the you know this is who I'm writing to. Yeah. Trying to paint a picture in your mind. Yeah. Before, yeah. You know, as like, you write. Yeah, like you know, if you're writing a I don't know a product enhancement email, you know, think about that one person, that one user. Like, what are they going to think? What do they need to know about yeah. this product enhancement? What are they doing in their workflow that they need to know about that this enhancement's going to help them? Yeah. Cool. And then the other one I would say is write something step away yeah it's amazing i saw you post about yeah. this recently yeah it's i great. think it's like an underrated like activity even ideally write something and step away overnight but mm. obviously deadlines don't always allow us to do that mm. but even just getting up going for a glass of water or a cup of tea or a walk around the block i think can be so beneficial you come back and you look and it's amazing what you can see that you want to change improve or even what you really really love about it you know sometimes yeah. it's a it's a very pleasant surprise to come back and think Wow, that was that was pretty decent actually. Yeah, cool. I nailed that. Because it's once you're in, you know, in the swing. Yeah. Even if something doesn't, even if at first you're like, oh, it doesn't sound great. Yeah. You can sort of convince yourself that it's kind of good. Yeah. And then if you come back, you're like, oh no, that's no, not good. No, it's terrible. I yeah. need to get rid of that. Yeah. But, you know, it's definitely powerful. And yeah. then the other thing, as part of that whole coming back and revisiting, is editing and there are many many editing techniques you know you can this yeah. you don't need me to list them there are many ways to go about and edit but i find the most beneficial certainly in a b2b context is what the creative uh, copywriting academy led by conrad sanders who i'm sure okay. you've seen on linkedin uh -huh. always says is the big chop the like big don't chop. use four words when two will do oh yeah don't use ten when five will do yeah try and get your copy down as 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 as, as honed and as tight yeah as possible you know think Hemingway think newspaper think you know I mean to some degree Twitter yeah you know the character limits yeah for sure um, and you'll find that it suddenly becomes much punchier much more mm. impactful and really more engaging really cool tip Sharon one thing I always think about is at high school or university you're always having to write a certain number of words yeah and it's like write <laughs> 3,000 words on this or whatever and then you get into a company or in the business world and it's completely opposite, like you're totally. describing. Totally. You have to write as short as you possibly can. Yep. So yep. I think it does a disservice to a lot of people who think, the more is oh better. no, it's going to be, yeah, or I have to do this massive thing. Yep. But it's like, I don't have time to read 3,000 yep. words. Just, no. Yeah. I mean, your audience doesn't, your customers don't, and believe me, yeah. your leadership team and your stakeholders definitely yeah. don't. Right? We all know the story about execs and bullets, right? Yeah. How you speak lead in leadership oh, totally. language. Yeah. I've just seen Sharon. There's some people down on the beach. Are they, are they those people that you're talking about? Uh, I don't know. They've got metal detectors. They don't actually. <laughs> I think they're just looking. They're just standing about. But no, this is. But that's lovely. So we got what St Paul's over yep. there. St Paul's Cathedral. Wow. We've got the Millennium Bridge. Millennium Bridge. Yeah. Which was built Uber in honour of the Millennium, so it's lovely. A pedestrian only. Oh, oh yeah, lovely. Uber boat. Uber boat. You can commute. On an, is on it? the Thames Clipper. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's really cool. Fantastic. Well, Sharon, it's been fantastic. Do you have any last thoughts or last things we missed? I don't think so, but I just really what, 
my dad says that you know people should enjoy content yeah. and copy and writing and if I could get everyone to enjoy it as much as I do I'd be yeah. delighted Brilliant. you know don't be scared don't be scared of writing just enjoy it yeah. be authentic yeah well thank you Sharon thank you it's so been much great. So that was the conversation I had with Sharon Hyman, content leader at Forster. Hope you enjoyed this very first episode of Content Marketing Commute. Did you enjoy the concept? Did you like the hustle and bustle? I know at times there's a bit of background noise, but I think uh, it's a fresh take. So anyway, love to hear your thoughts. Head over to contentmarketingcommute.com and uh, get in touch there. You can even get in touch. There's a form. Love to hear from you. Sign up to the newsletter. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Joe Sweeney. Check it out in the uh, description of this episode. And we'll see you again soon. Bye.